What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and S podcast, episode 21. Um, we got a packed show this week. We're going to get into uh, some NBA basketball because NBA preseason has just begun. Um, started last week. Um, the Celtics just had their first preseason game last Sunday, so we're going to get into all the details with that. Um, also, later on the show, we're going to have um, the class of 2020 New England top 100. We're going to get into that list. Um, the, we're going to get into the, the final um, tier of that list, the uh, 1 through 19. Well, I'll say 1 through 20, but I, I did uh, did the 20 of the prospect last week. But So basically, we'll do 1 through 19. We'll do that later on the show. Um, so like I said, it won't be as long as it was in the last, the last couple of shows because we just concluded the, um, the top 10 for the uh, college basketball um, in New England, the, uh, those top teams and uh, the previews for those top teams in New England. So, I mean, obviously we'll get into, more, we'll get into college basketball as college basketball starts, um, which we just, uh, just begin the um, October. So... We got about a month until college basketball uh, will will begin. So uh, we'll get into college basketball once that starts up. I will post the top, the full top ten, on the website rimsandnets.com, probably sometime in the end of the month. Um, like I said, I have been posting the uh, um, the, the all the tiers for the um, top one hundred. So I, so far I posted uh, I, I posted three uh, stories already or three posts. Um, the last post that I posted was yesterday, 40 through 60. I'll post the 20 through 40, or basically it's going to be 20 through 39. Um, I'll post that. Um, it takes a little while to get those done. I mean, it takes about a good week or week week and a half, if anything. So. I'll, I just finished this last one, so I probably you have to probably give me maybe about maybe sometime maybe the either the middle of next week or probably end of next week, and then obviously probably by the end of the month we'll you'll probably have the final tier on the website. So just bear with me on that if you guys are checking on that, you guys want to follow ahead, follow ahead with you know with the you know with what I will put on the podcast. I'll put you know I've been putting up five players every week that I've been, you know, spotlighting on, you know, obviously you'll be able to see the full list on the website. You, I mean, I'm not giving you, you know, all 20 players on the podcast. I just don't have enough time for that, but I, but I will be covering at least five players for this week as well. So stay tuned for that later on the show. Um, so let's get in with, with the Celtics. Um, like obviously they were able to win, you know, the score was, I believe, was 107 to 106. Um, people have been talking about that the defense has been, um, wasn't, it wasn't as strong as it's been in the past. Um, I mean, obviously, we've seen a lot of that last year. The defense wasn't always, you know, 100%, you know, there at times, and the effort wasn't there at times. You've seen a little bit of that uh, in the pre- first preseason game, which I, f- I mean, I'm not going to really jump on them like that. It is only the first preseason game. 
not expecting them to be the top defense, you know, one of the top defensive uh, defensive teams in the NBA on the first preseason game, knowing that they don't have, they lost a lot of personnel that really was really good defensive players. You look at Al Horford, they lost Al Horford. They lost Terry Rozier was playing on the other side with the Charlotte Hornets, and they lost, you know, Marcus Morris and a bunch of other, you know, pretty um, good defensive players over the years. You can, you know, name Jay Crowder, A.B. Bradley, you know, you can go on and on about, you know, all the defensive players they've, they've lost in the past. And they've had to, like, kind of rebuild it through their system. And, I mean, this obviously, particularly, I would have to say, um, the interior defense is, is, again, not 100% strong. Like, you know, like it, you know, like we've seen, maybe, it's been, it's been always been an issue with Celtics de- uh, teams in the past, the interior defense. That's really, really nothing new. But I feel like you have some potential with a few guys that I feel like that can probably sure it up. Um, obviously, uh, um, uh, Brad Stevens went with a lineup of Robert Williams at center, which that's still going to be like, what's that's going to be the question mark for the entire year. Who's going to be, who's going to settle in in that starting center position. And I mean, as far as I know, we don't, we still don't have answers to that yet. All I know is, uh, uh, just a couple of days ago, as I'm recording this on a Thursday, by the way. So, I mean, this is just one day before the next preseason game. They'll play the Magic tomorrow. But, like, you know, obviously you're hearing a lot of um, a lot of notes from uh, interviews from the practices. And uh, Stevens just noted that um, he'd rather go with Canner, uh, Ennis Canner coming off the bench because um, he's – you know, they can, you know, run the offense through him, which I feel like that's a very good idea um, for him to do that. Like, I figured, I just didn't think it made sense to start Canner because obviously, because it was obviously his defensive uh, liabilities. But I feel like, I think he's just uh, more fitted to be more of a bench player with, you know, you know, with those other starters out there. You got Hayward, you got Tatum, you got uh, Jalen Brown, um, and then Kimba. I mean, they. I mean, you got you got a lot of mouths to feed with that lineup. So you need someone that's not gonna really, you know, want the ball or doesn't have to, um, doesn't have to score with those players, which we all know those guys want to score. So I think Cantor would have been better with the bench anyways because of that, and that way Cantor can utilize his offensive uh, skills, you know, posting up on the block or whatever, and just, you know, just being, you know, just you know, running the offense through him, which they, like, particularly, I don't think they have the bench this year that they can truly rely on that they had in the past. I think, you know, they need some type of guy to really kind of lead the bench. And I feel like, you know, I think he'll do it. If it's not Marcus Smart, then it's probably going to be him because he'll, he'll, he'll give you offense instantly, just him just working the post and getting himself to the free throw line. So that's one adjustment I feel like that needs to be a mainstay, and I feel like Brad recognizes that, and that's good. Um, hopefully he doesn't change it because I feel like that's one thing that has to stay steady, that Anders Cantor can't be a starter with those guys. And I just hope it all works out. We all know that it, that line, that at least a fourth of that, I mean, what am I saying a fourth? Uh, literally the four players out of that lineup last year, um, it didn't work out, so 
you know, obviously minus Al Horford, you know, that lineup was, you know, getting killed on the glass and it, it struggled defensively. We, it's going to be key. That center position is going to be key to really be, uh, they have to be a more of a defensive minded big. And on top of that, they have to be pretty good rebounder as well. So Brad said, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll go with Robert Williams, but Robert Williams didn't get him in foul trouble. So that's, like I said, that's going to be a question mark. Who do you go with? I mean, you got a few options that, you know, obviously you've seen Port, you've seen Vincent Poirier, which I feel like would be my option to go with. I mean, I feel like he's going to be, uh, he's probably going to start on Friday. I think Brad's going to have different starting lineups uh, throughout all these preseason games just to see how each lineup looks. But I feel like he's going to try to keep those four guys together um, and then obviously rotate the centers to see what possibly could fit better. Obviously, Poirier is one option. You got also you got Daniel Tice, which didn't play the last game. So you also have him. We still haven't yet seen him play yet. I mean, but, you know, I feel like uh, Tice, you know, he he gives you that defensive uh, versatility. He can, you know, like Poirier. Poirier really showed a lot of good defensive instincts in that game. Unlike Robert Williams, I felt like Robert Williams was a bit slow out there at defending out on on the perimeter and defending the pick and roll. Robert has to really work on uh, work on that, because I mean uh, they're gonna, just gonna just gonna come at him if he if he's not ready to defend that, and he had a hard time defending that. That's why he was able to why he got into foul trouble so early on, and it affected his effectiveness to stay on the floor. We all know how athletic he is, and but you know he has to continue to work on, you know being better defensively at least with obviously we all know he's a great shot blocker but just being better position defender that comes first before shot blocking so far as I know out of all the bigs Poirier is the best we all know Cantor's not that so if I had to say probably the uh, out of all the bigs that we've seen so far uh, Poirier is the best um I'm not like I said I'm not gonna really really take you know, take note of Taco Fall as one of those guys because I feel like Taco Fall may not make the team. I'm just being, I'm, I'm just, just kind of being realistic at this point. I, I always been, I've been saying all summer, like I want him to make the team, I want him to make the team. Now that I actually seen him play in preseason, I was like, I'm waiting to see how he would look. And like he was playing against, you know, third teamers against the Hornets, and he barely could move guys in the post. I, I mean, if anyone noticed that, like he couldn't move guys in the post. Um, he's a little bit raw offensively, so he's going to have to work on that a lot. Um, had a hard time just really fighting to get position in the post or just getting, you know, um, getting a position where he can like, you know, score two feet and in, we all know he's like deadly going two feet in. I felt like he was getting pushed, pushed out, out towards, you know, mid post area. And then he kind of didn't know what to do. You know, there was one possession where I felt like he was, like, trying to um, – I don't know what he was trying to do. I think he was just trying to, like, move the guy and then try to attempt the hook shot from that far out. And, end up, you know, the reps end up bailing him out. He ended up getting a foul call. He ended up going to the line or whatever. But I just – you could tell, like, he just didn't really have much of an idea of what to do. What, I mean, if, 
far as I know, if I if I was him, I would have faced up and I would have took a jump shot. But because he he's not confident in his jump shot, he wasn't even even considering that. He just just seems like he wants to just try to score two feet and in on every possession, and it doesn't work that way. He has to understand that you know where wherever you're positioned at, you have to sometimes take what the defense gives you, especially if you don't have the uh, the ability to handle the ball or even get by your uh, man, you know, whether you're um, you're dribbling, you know, or, I mean, like I said, that we're double-teaming him as well. You've seen some double-teams, and he kind of didn't know, really know how to handle those double-teams as well. So that that's part of the game he's going to have to learn. And But we all know that his size makes him a great defensive player automatically. He automatically makes an impact on the defensive end. I, that's why I feel like they, the Celtics need to find a way to give him a two-way contract because of that. I think, I mean, he still needs time to develop, but I still think by the end of the year he could be a really good defensive player that they can kind of rely on when all things go bad. I mean, you know, so far Perry is probably the only guy I feel, he, feel like right now we can rely on on the, on the defensive end. And it's crazy that we're saying this, but Taco Fall is like probably the second best defensive big on the roster right now, if you have to say it, just just because of his sheer sheer size and his and he has got pretty good instincts. Able to get a shot block, was able to get a putback, so his instincts are really good on both ends of the floor. But just he's just a bit raw when it comes down to his skill set. So yeah, he so he. I mean, far as I know, that's what I was recognizing, or really. What I was really just, um, just seeing out there is just, you know, obviously the the defense has to get better. I mean, I think they're going to score a lot of points this year. I think they have a really good, really a team that can really good, really be good at, on the offensive end. But I think their defense is really behind. So that's probably what you know this team is going to have to get better at. Is just really you know, understanding their coverages and understanding how to defend the pick and roll better. Because they were getting the, sh- uh, and obviously the, you know, containing the the dribble penetration. Because they were just getting, uh, like Charlotte was just driving on them all day, and Rose had a nice, you know, had a nice game. He had nine assists. So yeah, they have to uh, they have to learn how to pressure the ball better. I think that has a lot to do with Kimba's defense. I thought Kimba's defense wasn't that good either. I think he's going to get exposed out there. Um, Kimba Walker, we all know, isn't a good defender. So. There's, there's a few spots, I mean, a few guys that are going to get exposed out there defensively, and it's going to be important for, you know, the, the overall team defense to be really good. So that way, you know, if if someone, you know, can't keep them, can't keep their man, you know, in, in, them between them in front of the basket, there's always help defense there. You know, we didn't see that in the first preseason game. So hopefully, you know, by you know, mid-season, they'll have all that, you know, straightened out. But I don't think they're going to have issues scoring this year. I thought Tatum had a nice game, um, had a complete game, and, you know, didn't do a lot of the things he did last year, the bad habits that he did upsettingly for uh, for long twos. I thought he um, shot more threes and, you know, got was aggressive, got, to, you know, got all the way to the rim. It was, you know, a few opportunities we thought maybe last year he would have, he would have probably pulled up and shot a, a, a contested mid-range shot falling away. He decided to, you know, drive on on those drives instead of pulling up for those shots, and it made all the difference in the world for him. 
Um, you know, had a, a very effective game. I was, I think, it was like nine of fourteen. So that, I mean, you can't, you can't get better than that. That's super effective game for Jason Tatum. Um, and then Gordon Hayward. I thought Gordon Hayward's explosiveness was back. Um, you, you didn't see him really shy away from contact. I thought he, you know, you know, pretty much blew by his defenders most of the time when he had, you know, when he when he had the green light to drive. He just literally, drew, you know was able to go full rip into, you know, into a driving position, and then he just blew right by his defenders and able, able to get layups, you know, whether it's, you know, able to finish well. I mean, that's something you didn't see last year. He had a hard time finishing shots, shied away from contact. I thought he kind of, you know, played without fear, and that's a good sign to see, man. That's 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 really good sign to see. So you have him, you have Hayward. I mean, Tatum, uh, they had an effective offensive game. Obviously, Hayward did get hurt, but it's nothing really serious. It was like a little elbow injury, so he should be good. He'll probably play in the next game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jalen Brown, you know, Jalen Brown doing Jalen Brown things, using his athleticism. Um, but I thought Kimba Walker was probably the – um, the guy that was the most passive, I felt like he could have done more. But, you know, I'm not going to get on him his first preseason game. But obviously we all know he, he can do a lot more than what he was doing. So. And probably, like, the most impressive guy was um, Javante Green, which he played in the fourth quarter with Taco Fall. Um, he was uh, super aggressive, just uh, – Running out in transition, getting uh, getting basket cuts, um, and then like Tremont Waters was the point guard at the time. He was finding him on on all those basket cuts, and it, he was just had he had un, he had unbelievable energy out there. Um, just was just playing with his head on, head on fire. Just uh, I don't know what I don't know if Charlotte just gave up or whatever, but he was just playing f- full throttle out there, and he. And you can tell, like, the, I mean, the whole team was feeding off at Taco Fall and his energy. The fourth quarter was unbelievable as far as the atmosphere goes. It was it was somewhat of a kind of a, a dry, boring game before that time. And then all suddenly, Javante Green and Taco Fall came in with Tremont Waters. And the whole energy in the building just went crazy. Obviously, when Taco Fall comes in, the energy of the building is obviously going to it's going to be like high because everyone's excited to see him play. But Javante Green really just fed off of that. And he played, you know, extremely hard out there. And I think he's going to, I mean, as far as my pick to get the last spot, I think Javante Green will get the last spot because they need, I mean, particularly, I mean, y'all, I'm, I'm mentioning all the things he did on the offensive end, but I think he was a very good defender as well. Um, kept it, kept his man in check. Defensively, he was flying out there getting steals and stuff, just using his elite athleticism out there. I mean, he was getting a lot of dunks and stuff. And I think at times I was like, all right. I mean, if you look at that wing defender position, um, you all know, I mean, Jalen Brown at times can be, a you know, can be pretty good in that area. But I feel like Javante Green might be the so far, what we've seen, I'm not going to go too far overboard with it because he's not playing against 
you know, NBA talent that are like, you know, that are like clearly starters or clearly like, you know, a lot of those guys are borderline players that may not make the team that was playing in that fourth quarter. But like, I mean, obviously, I'm pretty sure Brad will probably put them against more starters slash, you know, rotational players in the next game. And we'll have to see how he does with that. Then I can kind of give you a, a better read on it. But as far as I know, he, like, his defense was really good. He was out playing semi at times. You know, semi, if, like I said, we all know semi Ojale is the guy that, you know, he's the Greek freak stopper and this, that. And I mean, we might kind of overrate him at times. I felt like there was times where semi was, you know, letting guys get by him. And I was just like, all right. If you're not going to score, what is your role in the team? So that, I mean, it it was frustrating just to see the defense overall, but I felt like the guys you thought you can count on defensively were was really, you know, letting things slide out there, and they weren't being the defenders that we know that that they can be. But like I said, I'm not going to jump too far overboard, but I'm obviously going to make an early assessment on what I've seen so far. And as far as I know, Javante Green outplayed Semi Ojale. So Semi Ojale needs to pick it up. Other than that, I think Javante Green might be a guy that might be getting minutes over him during the year if he makes this 15 spot. So we'll see what happens. But that's pretty much what I just wanted to really uh, get off my chest with that game. Just a, you know, a few early thoughts with that. Um, and then, like I said, um, Probably like my, my, my two two weight players, uh, like I said, I, I mentioned before, Taco Fall, and then I probably like Tremont Waters as well. Like, like I mentioned earlier, Tremont Waters, his, his court vision is unbelievable. He's finding, you know, Javante Green for all those basket cuts and transition, finding uh, uh, Green in transition. So you have to, um, you have to give him that spot because he just I think he's the probably the best pat pure passer, true floor general on the team. You know, Marcus Smart's good in that area, but I think Waters is, you know, pretty good in that area as well. And like I said, we still have to see what Langford is gonna bring as well. Grant Williams had a decent game, nothing too special. Um he did have a lot of rebounds. I think he had nine rebounds in the game. He's gonna be a guy that's gonna be a sneaky good player, but Nothing really to write home about, but obviously I'm excited to see what Langford's going to bring. As obviously he's our long, uh, second first round pick, I just think um, we just hope that he's going to be something special, or at least something that we all know that could be something like a rotational player for this year. So we'll we we'll have to see. Hopefully he plays uh, this Friday against the Magic because he didn't play in the last game against the Hornets. All right, so we're going to switch gears, move on to the second segment. All right, so we'll be right back. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. She holds Rob Morris. We'll be right back.